0: It like kind of forms us to have very um, false ideas about who God is, and sometimes we think God is like these these things that he really isn't it isn 't so what we 're going to do is today too we 're going to talk about how God a lot of us we think God is like evil and mean and whatever else, but God is so good. And we're going to talk about those different ways. So for me in middle school, I grew up in a family where uh, everything was like competition. And I, I viewed God kind of as a vending machine. You guys ever use the vending machine downstairs and it ate your money? It totally eats your money every time. Don't, don't use it. So when you use a vending machine, what do you do? You put a dollar in there, you press like C11 or whatever, and you get like your favorite snack out. So hot Cheetos or like a Snickers bar. So for me, I viewed God that way. I view God like this. I view God like if I went to church um, just enough times or I just did the right amount of things or I read my Bible just enough, um, it was like me putting a dollar in the machine and then God would bless me. Does anybody view God that way in here? That's totally cool if you don't. Um, in some of these different ways, we view God as maybe like a cop and uh, police to us are kind of like people who keep us safe, but they're also people who like enforce rules and like regulations. And for some of us, God just becomes this guy who we're like, okay, I I hope I don't like break his rules so that I don't go to jail or whatever, right? Some of us view God that way. And another way that we view God is like a judge, you know, a judge with like the gavel. And it's kind of like this thing where we like don't want to go into a courtroom, we don't want to be tried, so we try to do as best as we can. And it's like, just hopefully, I don't see him that way. Um, another way we view God is the God who's always busy, and I also viewed God this way. Does anybody view God this way? Like God's busy. Good for you guys. God's busy. You know, answering everybody else's prayers. He's busy. You know, doing his God things, doing miracles, all this other stuff. He's he's too busy to be invested in my life and care about my life. Um, sometimes we view God as a fortune cookie God, where. I mean, come on, all this love of us love a fortune cookie where it's, like, says all those cool sayings, where, um, has anybody done this? You're, like, holding your Bible, and you do one of these. You're, like, okay, God, tell me what you want to tell me. And then you, like, open it up, and you do, like, boom. And then you read the verse, and then it's, like, something, like, super weird. And you're, like, oh, that wasn't what I wanted to hear. So you open up to, like, the next page, and you're, like, okay, we'll use that one. Does anybody do that in here? I did that a ton when I was in middle school. Um, so... sorry, Um, these are some of the ways that we view God in a negative way. And what that does and what's so hard about that is that God isn't that way. God is so good and he's so kind and so loving. And the other thing is that uh, I just want to clarify, I view God like a vending machine. I view God like he was too busy for me. And some of you might view God as a cop or a judge or whatever, and that's totally okay. I'm not saying you guys are in the wrong. Because we're all on a journey. We're on this journey together of uh, learning and understanding who God is and how he's going to care for us and love us more. So it's totally fine. Um, and you're just in a period of growth. So in middle school, I viewed God as a vending machine because I wanted him to bless me with whatever I asked for. And the reason why is because I thought the gifts that God gave me were like the wrong gifts. So um, Does anybody feel like they wish they had a different talent or like a skill that they they wish they had? What do you, what? Uh, Drawing. Drawing. Football. Football. You wish you could surf. Well, maybe I'll have to teach you, because I totally surf. Okay, so I always wished I was like Chris Jung, and I was like musical. Does anybody wish they like, I'm like the guy in the background who like, you, w- you hope you don't sit in front of me at church, because you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's like offbeat. like everybody's clapping, and then I'm like, okay, and I'm like trying to watch the person next to me to see when to clap, and uh, I just throw everybody off. I'm that guy. But the problem with what we do when we say, God, I feel like I, you didn't gift me with the right gifts, is we're telling God that the gifts he gave us weren't good enough, Um. And the reason why I did this is because I had a family of like complete athletes. Like totally. So my dad was a professional baseball player for the Cubs. My brother's like six foot two and super buff. And he played for the Orioles. There's probably a picture of him up here. So he's that dude, like long, flowy hairy, super intense. And uh my whole middle school and high school existence was like trying to find how I could be an athlete, because I viewed, I wanted God to bless me as an athlete, I wanted God to um, make me into my brother, essentially, because I was like, you know what, my parents love how successful he is, they love who he's becoming, they, like, love that he's an athlete, and since my dad was a professional baseball player, I wanted to be a professional baseball player, and I was like, God, I will do anything for you. I will go to church, like, every Sunday for, like, the rest of my life. Well, little did he know, now I'm a pastor, so I kind of have to. But I was like, I'll go to church any Sunday for the rest of my life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, please just make me an athlete. So I tried everything because I started, like, realizing, like, baseball wasn't my thing, like, in sixth grade. So I tried hockey. I tried basketball. You could have seen how that went out when after, like, eighth grade, I, like, ended up being, like, 5'8". And now I'm, like, 5'10". So... 5'10 is way too short to play basketball. I can't even touch the net. I'm like, I know, but he can totally dunk, and I can't dunk. I have no hops. I can jump like this high. That's it. Um, I, I did cycling. I did wrestling. I did so many sports, and this whole time, it was because I was running away from the gifts that God gave me. I thought if I could be just like my brother, if I could just be cool enough, God would then love me. Does anybody else feel that way? Like, if I could just be this way, if I could just be gifted in this way, if I could just be this person, then God would love me. Then I would be accepted. Then I would be cared for. But the problem with this is that God gifts us with special abilities that only we have. God gifted me, that I learned later in life, I didn't learn this in middle school and high school, I learned this later in life, going through the motions with God and really investing in my relationship with Him, that God gifted me with the ability to be relational, to have good friendships, with the ability to care for people, especially students. Like, I love hanging out with you guys. You guys are so fun. It's like the best thing ever. You guys are awesome. Um, And He gave me the ability to just really care for people on a very deep level. And, like, Pastor people, if that makes sense, and shepherd them and teach them about Jesus and all these different things. And my whole high school and middle school existence was spent not caring about those things. It was going after a gifting that God never even gave me because I wanted to be accepted. Um, But the problem with this is that we're denying how God has made us you. So, what I'm going to show you today. There's a few Bible verses that can help us paint a good picture of how God gifts us and how he is good. Because for some of us, you're like me in my middle school mind where I was like, I want to be gifted in this way, so God, you're not good. I want to be gifted in this way, so God, you don't care about me. I want to be gifted in this way, so God, you don't care. But these verses tell us the way that God gives us. So if you could put up Philippians 4.19 on there for me. Thank you. It reads... And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. There's also another verse, Luke 6, 38. It says this, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap the amount you give, will determine the amount you get back. So in this verse right here in Luke, Jesus, if you, you can keep it up there for me, Jesus is talking to his disciples and a group of people in a town that does agriculture, that does farming, okay? And he's telling them this verse because he's speaking to them trying to tell them how he's going to bless them. And in, if you guys don't know, your food is planted by a seed and then it's grown and then it grows up into whatever it's going to be, lettuce, broccoli, whatever. And then somebody comes by and they pick that and then they carry it and then they put it into a truck and then that's how you eat it. But no, we don't like broccoli in here. Let's just get that out. It's, it's gross, okay? It's gross. Okay, so he's talking to these people and he's telling them, this is how I'm going to bless you. So what they would do is... These people would come by that work in these fields and they would pick all the grain. They would pick everything they could get and then there would be some left. So they would put that all in a truck. They would take that somewhere to like Stater Brothers or whatever, but they don't have that back then. But they would take all this grain and they would put it into bags and ship it off. Albertsons, they didn't have, they didn't have Trader Joe's either. Trader Joe's like super new and hip. Um... So what they would do with the leftovers, they would go through one more time and they would take a bag and they would put like the leftovers of grain into a bag and they would leave it on the side of the field. And what they did by leaving it on the side of the field is they left it there for the people who uh, were needy and poor. So that those people at night or whatever could come by and they could get some grain out of this bag half full. So what I want to do to illustrate how God blesses us is I need one person to come up here and do a little uh, thing with me. You. What's your name again? Hannah. Hannah. It's Hannah's first time here, by the way. Like, come on. Hannah? Kenna. Sorry, she's far away from me. All right, so I got some grain here from you. And I got a nice little container. So, oh, yeah, who loves rice? Okay, so I want you to hold this container. You could stand back just a little bit. So, Got to cut a little mouth into our bag here. Don't want it spilling everywhere, even though it totally is going to spill everywhere. Okay. So just like this grain, Hannah is Hannah in this situation. And I'm going to play what? Kenna. Kenna. I'm the worst person ever. Kenna is Kenna. My wife is back there totally laughing at me. She's going to make fun of me in the car on the way home. So, Kenna is holding this, and it's just like this bag of grain, and I'm going to play Jesus in this. So, usually what the field workers would do is they would put this much in there, right? Good amount, okay? And they would set it down, and they would have somebody come by who's needing whatever, get it. But God in this verse is telling those people, that isn't good enough. I don't bless you like that. I bless you like this. Okay? Right? Is that a lot? I'm going to make shake it up make more room, right? Put the verse up there for me. So the verse says, press down and shake it together to make room for more. So did you guys see what happens when she shakes it? What does it do? It makes more room so that I can pour more rice into there. Okay, shake it some more. Let's press it down a little bit. Shake a little bit more. Okay. Is it getting pretty heavy? Maybe. She likes grains. So, thank you so much, Kenna, and I promise I'll remember your name forever now. So, what do we have here? When I first put it in there, it was a grain box, only half full, but as Kenna held it, and she shook it, and I pressed down on it, you get so much grain in here, just completely packed, that it's overflowing, okay? Just kidding. That's... How God wants to bless us, you guys, and that's what I want you guys to get. If you take anything from here, it's that this. That God doesn't want to get, you, bless you just like the little grain bag on the side of the field. He wants to bless you so much that you have to press it down into your life. That it has to be so big and so overflowing that it's spilling out all over. Okay, this is so, so spilling. So the question for us then is if, God is good and wants to bless us. How do we then handle those blessings, okay? So there's a parable, which is a story used by Jesus to illustrate a moral and spiritual lesson. So a parable is a story that Jesus uses to represent a moral and spiritual lesson. And the first parable is this. So there's a parable of the talents, and the parable is this. That in this story, Jesus is making it up, there's a master and two men. And the master gives uh, the one man five talents. And by the way, a talent is like a lifetime supply of money. And he gives the other man one talent. And he says to both of these men, go. What does he say? Go. You gave me five bags to invest, and I've earned five more. So let's put it up there. Doo, 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 doo. 19 through 21, great. So after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called to give them an account of how they used his money. The servant whom he had entrusted with the five bags of silver forward and five more came forward and said, Master, you have gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise, and he said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you even more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. Okay, so this man took his five bags of silver that Jesus gave to him. I mean, that the man in the story gave to him, his master. And he did such good with it that he got five more. So he goes back to the master and says, I doubled it. I, did, I got five more. And the master says, let's celebrate together. So the next part of this story is the story of the man who got one bag of silver. And it says this. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. But look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops and didn't plant gathered crops, I didn't cultivate. So the story here isn't about what these men have been giving because one person got five bags of silver and one person got one. The story is about how we choose to deal with the blessings that God, God gave to us. So in one story, the man with the five bags of silver decided, hey, I'm going to make best of the use of the blessings that the, my master gave to me and I'm going to try to do as good as I can with it. And he doubled it and the master was excited. But this other story... The man had one bag of silver, and what he did with it is he buried it. Why do you guys think he buried it? Let's throw out some guesses. So he wouldn't use it? So nobody would steal it from him? Very good. Good guess. Anybody else? Okay, so he wouldn't lose it? So he wouldn't get greedy with it and spend it all? Okay. Because he's foolish. That's pretty close so the reason why this man buries it is because he's afraid he's like master jesus gave me to this gift and i don't know what to do with it i'm not good enough i'm scared right and some of us do that with the gifts god given us we're afraid so for you guys you guys have been given so much you guys have been given cell phones except my friend over here you're awesome for not having a cell phone No, her. Um, You guys have been given a house, a roof to sleep under. You guys have been given awesome parents, even though you guys sometimes are like, my parents are terrible, your parents are awesome, okay? You guys have been given food in your bellies. You guys have been given all these things, talents, right? You guys have been given creativity. You guys have been given uh, athletic abilities. And all of these blessings are good. And the question is, what are you going to do with what you've been given? So the hard part about using what God has blessed us with, though we have lies, is that Satan tries to use these lies that we have in order that we won't use them. Much like the man that gets one bag of silver and he buries it because he's afraid, sometimes we believe these things about what God has given us too. So the first one that I put up there is that we won't be cool anymore. So in middle school, I was really worried that if I actually used the talents that God gave me rather than being sporty, if I actually cared for other people, if I sat with that kid at lunch who was sitting alone, if I hung out with the kid that wasn't in my clique group, right, I wasn't going to be cool anymore. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be accepted. And I thought if I acted like Jesus, people weren't going to like me. Does anybody ever feel that way? I know for sure I felt that way. I wanted people to like me, and I wanted to be cool. The second one is that we won't have as much time to hang out with our friends. Sometimes when we go to service projects or do things that are in our gifting, I love serving, it takes time out of our day. I do serve projects with high high school kids, and they spend almost all their Saturday going to LCC with me. And some of them are like, oh, I don't want to go because I'm afraid of losing time with my friends. And I'm like, that's totally, I get that. That's totally fine, but that's, God has gifted you to serve. You need to use that. Another one is that we have uh, less time to hang out on Instagram and play video games. Come on. Everybody's on the gram. I'm on the gram. You're on the gram. Um, you don't have a phone? Wow. Even more amazing. But everybody's on the gram, and sometimes we're worried that we're not going to have as much time to play video games or hang out on Instagram. But the, the one that I want you guys to listen and hear the most is that the biggest fear, and this fear always gets me, is that is that, and most of all, that if we try, we're going to fail. And that's the biggest lie that Satan can give us, is that if we try, we're going to fail. How many times, I can tell you so many different stories, but how many times have you guys, at least once, once in your life, let's raise our hands, once in our life, we didn't do something because we were scared that we were going to fail? Okay, like all of us, right? All of us have done that. So, raw moment here. I have like, gotten out of speaking in front of students for like the longest time because I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Okay? and it's, What's so funny is I think God wants to use me in this and he wants me to talk to you guys, but I'm always afraid, like, oh, I'm gifted in this way, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail. And what would have happened if I never would have gone on this stage and never would have talked to you and you never would have heard about how God has gifted you, right? So how are the ways that you're afraid that you're going to fail? God is on our side. It's a flat-out lie that he wants us to believe us, we're going to fail. Because without God, we can never be a failure. So when it comes down to it, though, meaning is a very valuable thing. We could all say that, right? All of us want meaning in our lives. How many of us want our life to mean something and want good to come out of our life? How many of us want to do good and have our lives have meaning? Pretty much all of us, right? I, do. I love that. I do. I do. Um, the problem with this is that we want to make a difference. We want God to be better, and we want him to gift us. But the problem is that sometimes we find that we believe the lies, that one, we wouldn't be cool anymore, that we won't have as much time to hang out with our friends, that whatever. Even though we want our lives to have meaning and God to use us, we don't do it because we're scared. But the problem is that God blesses us with these gifts so that you can be the person by which God uses you to bless other people. God doesn't bless you just so that you could hold on to it and bury it like the man with the one talent, with the one uh, bag of silver. He wants you to be like the man that gets blessed with five things, and he takes it and he doubles it. God wants you to use your blessings to bless other people. So um, I could invite Chris up here. Chris Young, he just worshiped earlier. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I'm going to invite him up here, and you guys are going to get a card, and the card's going to be this. It's going to say, I've been gifted with blank, so then I can do blank. And what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to write down just one thing you've been gifted with, whether that's um, abilities in sports, whether that's being educated and smart and like telling people how to be uh, teaching people stuff, whether that's um, caring for people and being a good friend, I want you guys to just think for a moment and write down one way God has gifted you. So what we're, what we're going to do is when we write the one thing that God has gifted us with, Then we're going to write, so I can do blank. So God has gifted you with blank, so then you can do blank. So what I want you to do is after you figure out what you've been gifted with, I've been gifted with blank so I can do blank. You guys got a card last week, right? And you were told to hold on to it. What I want you to do is wherever you place that card, I want you to take this card and I want you to place it right next to it. So every day you can wake up and instead of believing the lie that maybe you're not you're going to not be cool anymore that you're not going to have enough time with your friends or you're not going to spend video game you're going to believe the truth that God has gifted you with all of these other gifts so that you can do whatever that is. So for me, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to say God has gifted me with the ability to speak and teach so that I can then speak and teach to students. So for you tomorrow, maybe you're going to wake up and say I'm going to be gifted with being athletic so that I can be Jesus to people on my sports teams. Um, I think Chris is going to lead us through one last song, but before I do that is when the next step is when you leave here and when you take that card, when your parents ask you what you learned, I want you to look at them and say, I've been gifted with whatever you wrote on your card so that you can do